Hey, what up, Doll Pound? This is Gage from Houston, Texas. Let's get it. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Dogs. As you can see, Zach's not here again today, so send your applications to be the fourth host at <laughs> thedogspodcast.com. Uh, no, we're just joking for now, but, you know, he's on strike two. Hey, all you got to do is love the Browns and be able to sit in a chair. Yeah. It really is that easy. I barely <laughs> qualify for the second yeah. one. <laughs> Uh, we're still looking for more fan intros, so if you'd like to get yours on the show, head to thedogspodcast.com, leave us a voicemail. Uh, remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and please subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. You can also catch us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. Uh, we're still running our poll for the 2021 Browns record predictions. Head to thedogspodcast.com slash schedule to cast your prediction for each game. Uh, we've been getting some good feedback on that. We're going to run that poll pretty much all the way up through training camp uh, into the preseason once we start breaking down the schedules a little bit more in depth. Yep. So the I actually we got a voicemail from Lee out uh, the uh, Honolulu Hawaii Browns backers sent in their predictions. So this is what they had to say. The Honolulu Hawaii Browns backers are saying 12 and 5. Go Browns. All right, so H2B2 says 12 and 5. I like 12 and 5. So we'll just run through real quick um, before we get started with the mailbag. Here are the current standings from the fan predictions. Right now, all the fan votes have the Browns going 14 and 3. Wow. Okay. Can you guys guess what the three losses Absolutely. are? Absolutely. Okay. Kansas City. Yeah. Chiefs won Baltimore. the Ravens games, and then for some reason, people are picking us to lose to the Chargers. You got it. Yep. Yep. Not a single vote so far. Not one for the away game. In Baltimore, I mean that's very fair. I, I that's, we're being that's honest. I did team. our that's poll and I didn't pick us to win that yeah. game. In <laughs> <laughs> their place too. So, but the I mean, Chargers though, that one gets me a little bit. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks come back. I mean, we have one on our team who <laughs> set the rookie passing record and then came out the next season was awful when he had new coach, new system, new system. So, I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to be good. But I just, for it to be like so overwhelmingly chargers, it, it's kind of surprising to me. That is, it is kind of surprising it's that overwhelming, but I mean, I get it. They're young. They're like development wise, they're having really, really good drafts. They're bringing in free agents now. You could say I, they're the Browns light. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe people are factoring the, you know, the, the fact that it's out in LA too. But there'll be more Browns fans and Chargers fans there. Well, yeah, I'm not saying as far as I'm just, you know, the travel and the East Coast to West Coast type thing. I mean, it does it does play a factor. Are they playing in that SoFi? Are they playing that uh, brand new stadium? They should be. That place is sweet. It'll be half filled with Browns fans. That's what's up. Because nobody cares about the Chargers out there. (laughs) Which is crazy because... They're the sixth favorite pro team out there. Yeah. I don't even know if there's five other pro teams. I mean, they got two basketball teams. (laughs) Two basketball teams, baseball teams, basketball teams. Yeah, that's true. Nobody pays attention to that. Yeah, I forgot about the Dodgers. Dodgers probably pull on them. Yikes. So, all right. Well, so 14-3 and is what the fans are saying. Honolulu saying 12-5. and I can see us in that ballpark, twelve and five to fourteen and three, thirteen and ten, 
Uh, however many games are playing this year yeah, I don't know they, they messed up my you know I used to have the math memorized <laughs> now I'm way old. I, didn't even, I was like sitting there doing the math I'm like wait that doesn't add up How do we go is that with playoffs losses? in there too or like what is it you got a double elimination what happened oh. all right so uh, I have some breaking news uh, this is an important PSA is brought to you by manscaped.com this is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for the manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released. It says only moments ago, but I don't believe that anymore. Uh, it's been out for a few weeks now. Uh, we were one of the first to get our hands on it. They did send it to us, and uh, it's it's really awesome. It's brand new, some new features on it. Uh, it's got a new multifunction on-off switch. It's got um, the on-off switch for the 400K LED light for a closer trim. It's got the guards, uh, one through four now, so you can kind of, you know, play around a little bit. Uh, it's got a cooler, sleeker, more futuristic look. It's like you're shaving your balls in 2030. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so it's just all around a nicer, better product. Wireless charging. Yes. Mm. Give yourself the Justin Charles fade. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 super nice. Uh, you can also check out, they got cologne, they got crop reviver, I think, which is code for ball deodorant. It's super nice. I'm not going to lie. I got to say, we're doing this podcast <laughs> this weekend because it's holiday weekend. We're doing a little later in the day. So that uh, crop reviver comes in handy. Yeah. You know, throughout the day. No stickage. No stickage. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. The, uh, the boxers are super comfortable. The t-shirts are super comfortable. So check out Manscaped. They got a lot of good stuff. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code DOGS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Listener Mailbag. All right, thanks for uh, the bark, the dog barking from Ken from the Ottawa Ottawa, Ottawa Browns backers. Uh, you've made your stamp on the show, so we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, like we said, and we put this out on YouTube for everybody and on all our social medias. Um, we wanted to get a kind of a, a, a listener mailbag episode where it's just kind of a, what you guys wanted to hear us talk about, what you guys are thinking right now when it comes to the Browns. We compiled a list of some of the better ones. We're going to try to get to as many as we can. So without further ado, uh, Scott on YouTube asks, since Anthony Walker and John Johnson can both have the green dot, and for those of you who are like Justin who don't know what the green dot <laughs> yeah. means, that's the helmet <laughs> that has the microphone in it. It's just like right. the quarterback has the the, the uh, headset in his helmet on offense. The defensive player, one defensive player gets to have that. Uh, so who will the Browns pick? I'll let you guys answer, okay. and then I'll, 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 I'll tell you why you're either right or wrong. Okay. <laughs> and then, I guess we're going to have a two-parter here. So for me – I'm going to go with Johnson. I uh, did a little research on last year with LA and uh, they were interviewing McVeigh and the defensive coordinator and everything. They said he never comes off the field. Um, He's always super calm. The guy's super collected. Very, very smart. My thing too with Walker, I don't even know if Walker is going to be on the field all the time. I mean, with the, with you taking JOK in the second round, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen depth charts and stuff like that yet with what the Browns want to do, but we kind of throw the idea around that there's going to be two linebackers maybe on the field, maybe even one. So uh, John, Johnson's going to be on the field at all times, I think. I think he's going to be out there all the time. 
he's already done it. He's experienced. He did. He made that defense out there. I mean, Aaron Donald had a part in that too, but that defense out there was excellent. So I'm saying Johnson. Yeah. When I initially read this, I was like, well, it'll just be whoever picks up the defense quicker. You know, whoever they feel more comfortable with, you know, typically, uh, linebackers at least in like the lower levels of football they're the ones calling the defense and the defensive huddle um but then i started thinking kind of along the same lines as justin where you know i think walker's gonna play a lot but i think johnson's gonna be on the field basically every defensive play yeah and so you know in playing in the deep secondary you kind of can you know you have more of a view you can kind of see call things out more um, so if I had to pick one, I think it's going to be John Johnson, but I think both, both guys could do it. Well, the last thing you said there is actually correct. Both guys will probably have the green dot. I didn't know this. I did not know this until today. Okay. Teams can actually have one player on offense with the green dot. It's always the quarterback, right. but they're allowed to have two players on defense. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So the quote I saw said by rule teams can have three players total because the NFL acknowledges that a second level defender Wearing the green dot, whoever he may be, is not an all-situations player. So they said a lot of times what they do is they allocate like a linebacker who's in there on like first and second downs, mm-hmm. run plays typically, you know, and they're in front of the huddle calling the plays or whatever. And then they'll bring in a safety or what they just called an oversized safety or whatever yep. uh, to, to be the guy calling the play on third down, which is more often a passing play. So. Correct. So basically, so now you're you're telling us that they're both going to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as those are the two guys that they designate as – you know, um, eligible for that, that they think can handle it, that they want to be their quarterbacks on defense. But I did not know. I, did, I mean, seriously, I didn't, I didn't know until the day. Justin didn't know what a green dot was. I, I didn't know yeah. that you could have three of them. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I didn't know that there's three. So, yeah, I think those are definitely two good guys to, you know, yeah. to, to select. That makes sense, though, because on defense, you don't have players that play 100% of the downs like quarterback. You know what yep. I mean? So that makes sense. Well, hey, good question, Scott. Absolutely. Uh, we learned some stuff. Josh educated us all That's this right, baby. Uh, Bring in the knowledge. I told you we educate on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on here. Does it matter on YouTube wants to discuss how will the 17-game season affect the coaching decisions of how to use Chubb and Hunt and how much do you think we'll see Demetrius Felton this year? Oh, I think, I think 2021 is going to look very similar to 2020 um, yeah. as far as the usage of Chubb and Hunt because – I, you can't go much more 50-50 and then have about 50-50 production out of two players, can you? I mean... Here's my logic in this is it's one more game. It's not 10 more games. Exactly. So we're talking, what, 15 extra carries? You know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. 15 to 20 for each of them, possibly. I mean, I don't think that really plays a factor into, you know... Uh, we can't give Chubb, Chubb the ball 25 times this game because he's going to have 12, 15 extra carries at the end of the year. I just, To me, it's not, it's not a huge deal to have the one extra game. I completely agree with both of you guys. I think that they're going to continue it to be a you know, backfield by committee. As far as with Felton, I unless he comes into camp and he pushes Johnson out, Demetrius whatnot Johnson, I oh, think. no, 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 no. Hang on just a second. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what not Johnson. Johnson. I didn't, we have a sound clip. Go ahead. That's new. That's new. Go ahead. Play that again real quick. Right. Johnston. Johnson or whatnot. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it one more time. Just hang yeah. on. Dearns Johnston. Johnson or whatnot. <laughs> just for everybody listening, wow. uh, if you didn't catch last season, uh, that's where the Dearns Whatnot Johnson uh, nickname comes from. 
Oh, it's like Zach's here. Yeah. I know, right? We finally get his voice on the oh, show. I can't wait for him to watch this. Out. <laughs> He's really going to love that. So that's that's my thing. If Johnson um, maybe comes into camp and he, I don't know, for some reason Felton outplays him or they think that, you know, he's more ready than Johnson, I guess, is a rookie, then we'll see. Here's, I, go ahead. No, go ahead, brother. I was going to say, barring injury, I don't think we'll see much of Johnson or Felton because before Chubb and Hunt, you know, got banged up, I mean, we didn't see Dearness Johnson hardly at all, except for on kick returns. Yeah, and then he came into the Dallas game and, yeah, and, and lit it ice up. It. So yeah. I just, you know, how much will we see of him? I think there's a chance it'll be zero if he doesn't beat out Johnson for that third round, that third spot. And then even if he does take that third spot, very sparingly, I think. I don't think the extra game is going to factor into him getting more playing time really at all. No, and I mean – Playing time for Felton might more come in the passing game, but even there, I don't know how much they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do with the passing game. It's going to be interesting to see as the summer unfolds, you know, end of July, August, just to see how, how Schwartz fitting into this thing, because, you know, Higgins is a dog out there and DPJ showed last year. He's ready. That, you know I mean, he's ready to take that next step. That room is already crowded. Yes. I mean, you have OBJ Landry, uh, DPJ, um, Schwartz. Swartz, yeah, they just uh, got Hodge. They just inked him again. So Hodge. yeah, so I just don't. Uh, I don't know. Like I see him being a practice squad guy, possibly. Like I just, I don't. Or he's gonna be one of those dudes who who gets cut. I mean, what six round pick? I mean, and and then who's to say where he doesn't get cut and then gets picked up by another team and he plays well? There's just no room. Yeah, right probably now. New England. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. I, my bold prediction, I guess it's not really a bold prediction, but I think Schwartz is going to get the ball three or four times a game. At least they're going to attempt to get him the ball three or four I times. I can see that with like little those little pop passes behind the line Ooh. of scrimmage, or bubble jet screens, sweeps. jet sweeps. Yep, mm-hmm. the, the, they're going to find they're, they're going to have him on the field to try to stretch the defense. You know, some way they're going to get him the ball a couple times a game just to see if he can hit a home run. Um, I mean, that's a lot of speed on the field with him and Odell. If Odell's out there, it's a ton of speed. Yes, it is. Well, hey, thanks for the question. Does it matter? And yes, it does matter. Yeah, we appreciate. Hey, we appreciate everybody who who commented. We were able to put together a full episode just on the the stuff you guys want to talk about. So it's awesome. We really appreciate everybody contributing to the show. You know, the show that's for fans by fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you, I was going to say it's, it's three fans right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this one's from YouTube. From our favorite, I guess, uh, I'll put favorite Ravens fan in the world. We're his favorite Browns podcast yeah. by far. By far. I just want to know what what he does for a living because it'll be like 3 in the morning and I'm at work and he's just blowing up YouTube with comments. And <laughs> uh, If you guys, real estate market's really hot right now, so if you're just looking to rent, it's free in Aaron's head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a lot of uh, very free rent spaces yeah. in Baltimore. He yep. asked, "When will the Browns finally win the AFC North?" And then, will Baker May? Ba- and then his hot take was, "Baker Mayfield will never win the AFC North." One, the Browns are going to win the AFC North this year. This year, and that makes your your hot take invalid. <laughs> so, are we going to dive into that at all? Yeah, I mean, go, for it, yeah. go ahead. So, okay, I um, I think that this year it's going to be very, very close. Browns. Baltimore. I think that it's a toss up. I mean, if you told me at the end of the year, hey, Baltimore beat out the Browns by, you know, a game, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, as far as Baker Mayfield never winning the AFC North, 
I I find that very hard to believe just with the roster that they built. At least in the next three to four years, I see us at least getting one or two. Now there's some really good teams in the AFC North. Um, all of them are on the up, I would say, except for Pittsburgh. And then who knows what they're going to do next year after Roethlisberger retires, even though he's pretty much retired now. Um, so, yeah, I, I personally, I think they'll probably win the AFC North this year, Browns, but... Um, to say he will never win one, I, that would be very shocking. Here's my thing, too. Is yes, I want to win the AFC North, but Baker's 1-1 one one in the playoffs, and your quarterback's 1-3. So give me – oh, cool, you won the AFC North. You've done nothing with it. Yep, you've had three straight years in the playoffs with a chance in the playoffs. They didn't you've win you've won one time. Yeah. They didn't even win the AFC North last year, did they? Wasn't it Pittsburgh? No, the Steelers did. Yeah. So, come on, give me a break. Who cares? You know, obviously it's a goal to win the AFC North because that just guarantees a playoff spot, but it obviously means nothing for you guys. You've you've done nothing. You haven't gone any further than the Browns in the last three years. So whoop do freaking do. <laughs> All right. Well, before we uh, continue on with the next portion of the listener mailbag, the rest of this segment is brought to you by the Northwest Group. Northwest Group is the leader in branded home textiles. They carry items from your favorite sport teams, movies, shows, and more. They've got everything from, you know, college teams to the Browns to NBA, you know, Major League Baseball. They've got Disney. Uh, If you've got little girl, you know, little daughters and they love Frozen, they got all kinds of good stuff on there. Harry Potter, Star Wars. It's it's an awesome website. Go check them out. It's thenorthwest.com. I'm going to switch here real quick. You guys can check out the Baker Mayfield throw behind me behind Justin back here. We've got the cloud pillow. I mean, those are just two examples of, of the stuff they have on there. Um, these are awesome items. Yeah, they are. They're super nice. And the fact that you get 25% off it is pretty nuts. Yep. Yep. So go to the Northwest, the Northwest.com use code dogs, D a W G S 25% off your entire order. That It's a sweet deal. So yeah, just, you know, if you got a, if you got a man cave at home, now, what what more could you ask for? This That's stuff right. is awesome. Yep. All right. So that'll take us into our next uh, uh, comment from YouTube. This comes from Dave V. He's a big supporter of the show. He's always commenting. He was uh, with us for all 16 hours of the draft on draft night. <laughs> so, Dave, we appreciate all the comments you give us. Yes, and you gave us some homework to do on this one. Yeah. in uh, you know, a little insight on Dave for anybody who doesn't pay attention on YouTube. We don't always agree with Dave, but... And Dave we, doesn't always agree with us. But, you know, we keep it light. We keep it fun. Uh, we appreciate you watching the show. Uh, this was one that we were kind of going back and forth with him on. He commented and said... You should go back and research the 2007 team, and you'll find out for yourself the two teams are clones. Derek Anderson and Baker Mayfield were both three-year players with ups and downs. The offensive lines were both great. Jamal Lewis and Josh Cribbs were electric, just like Chubb and Hunt. Joe Jarevicius was just like DPJ and Higgins. Winslow produced what Hooper and Njoku did together. The defense was opportunistic, just like the 2020 defense. Name the players you think did it before the 20 team because the 07 team had equal, if not more, players that did it too before. I've been a fan watching 55 years, and both these teams are identical twins. Oh, and last one, we laid the egg against the Jets in the game to go on the road for the playoffs was the same thing the 07 team did in Cincy that year. Derek laid the same egg in Cincy as Baker did playing the Jets. One thing I got to address right off the bat, you yep. can't say Baker blade an egg against the Jets when he had zero Nobody. starting receivers. Yeah. No 
wide receivers on the well, it was no active roster wide receivers were Correct. available for that game. <laughs> Correct. Does Correct. Does not count. I'm <laughs> sorry. No. That game was a joke. The only game worse last year was the game the NFL made the freaking Broncos play without a quarterback on the roster. Yeah. Why 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 even make let them play the game? It, it it's just it was just made for bad football, bad TV. It was Poor decision. So that's a complete opinion. moot point. You get that, those games are not comparable in the slightest. Uh-huh. Um, another thing here, I don't think you can compare Baker Mayfield and Derek Anderson. Bar- Derek Anderson is a career journeyman, a six-round draft pick, I'm pretty sure. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, Heisman mm-hmm, Trophy mm-hmm. winner in college. Broke the rookie NFL passing record. Got screwed into a second season with a brand-new coach who is – so far down now, we don't even know where he's coaching tight ends. Um, was his head coach slash offensive coordinator? Um, he's he took over a team in complete turmoil and led them to the playoffs in his third season. And he was a top four quarterback last what ten games last year. Not to mention he led the Browns to their first playoff win against the Steelers of all teams. <laughs> right after they beat the Steelers to go to the playoffs. And also, if if you watched, I remember the 07 team. Oh yeah! Lot. If you watched that that team, you knew Derek Anderson wasn't good. Braylon Edwards <laughs> and Kellen Winslow bailed him out so many times with amazing catches. It, it was it was the Joe Flacco thing. And the, when Joe Flacco made a Super Bowl run, all he did was heave it up to Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden would make insane catches in traffic, and then Joe Flacco got a huge contract and has been awful ever since. It was the same thing. Derek Anderson could not hit a receiver in stride. If they were moving. He, they, they could, he could not hit him straight. So sure. that's what I was going to point out because I kind of broke down the stats between some of the stats between the two teams and then these offensive players. So looking at Anderson versus Mayfield, Derek Anderson had a 56% completion percentage that season. Now he had almost 3,800 yards. He threw 29 touchdowns, but he threw 19 picks. Baker had a 63% completion rate last year, 35, almost 3,600 yards. 26 touchdowns, but only eight picks. And he played three games in a tsunami. In a tsunami. And and, all those games. And a game without receivers. (laughs) Got to remember, yeah, you might as well throw four games last year out for Baker. What He'd have been easy over 4,000 yards, over 30 touchdowns last year. Correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, what was it, the Raiders game? The Raiders and the Eagles and the Texans. Yep. All three were were terrible. Terrible. And you were there for all of them. All three of them. Yeah. (laughs) And it, it was literally the most awful weather. I've ever sat through, and it was just every week it got worse. I remember the Houston game, it started, and uh, I was there with my brother-in-law, and we were like joking around, we're like, man, it looks kind of rough, and by the time the National Anthem was over, the whole stadium was just completely emptying out, because there was just lightning striking, like on the lake, and Mm -hmm. yeah, tornado weather, you know. So looking looking at the stats between these two teams, so in 07, we were 10-6, and last year 11-5. and We scored in 07, 402 points, we were 8th in the league. Last year, 408, we were 14th. Points against in 07, 382, we were 21st in the league. Last year, 419, we were 21st in the league. So those, we were 21st. AFC North finished both years, second place. But that's kind of where the similarities kind of stop, don't you think? Well, my only thing, 100%. too, uh, for Dave, um, he compared uh, Joe Juravicious to DPJ and Higgins. Well, I mean, you're completely leaving out Landry as your number two guy. Yeah, Higgins is our number three. Yeah. yeah. And then for the comparison with Jamal Lewis, I love Jamal Lewis. When he came to Cleveland, obviously he was at the end of his career. I 
headed towards the end of his career. And he was very, very good for us, but he was at the end. And to compare him to like a Chubb and a Hunt, where Chubb is, we're seeing prime time. Like he's only getting better every year. We're seeing young, um, sky's the limit right now with Chubb. And then you have Hunt who he could go to any other team and be a number one. So that's Jamal Lewis was in his eighth year in 07 where Mm -hmm. Chubb's only was only in his third year last year and Hunt was in his fourth. These guys are young. And, and Chubb, maybe I'm just being a homer here, but I think Nick Chubb is going to be at the end of everything. When everything's said and done, whether it's in Cleveland, wherever he ends up doing, I think we're going to look back and go, man, like he's going to be one of the best ever. Yeah. Well, we're going to go, man, like, I don't know for us, we've seen some really good ones, you know, running back wise, but I think we're going to look back and go, wow, man, we're really lucky that he was in Cleveland for as long as he was in Cleveland. I would say if I'm looking at players to to compare, the only the only edge that 07 team has was at tight end. For sure. Was for Winslow. Sure. Winslow is an athletic fr- – I mean, he was like a, a Dave Njoku athletically, only he could catch. Yeah. Correct. Um, and but, it's, it's and he did it for one year. Right, and, and I don't know how you can compare Braylon Edwards in 07 to Odell Beckham in 2020 when Beckham only played a handful of games – you know what I mean? And Braylon played, and this, I, I think he played the whole season. He had 16 touchdowns that year. It's crazy. Which is crazy. But this look at leading up to that, he was borderline to Pete. I mean, people were talking bust. Yeah. That dude couldn't catch a cold before that year. Oh, it was rough. And then, and then after that year, he couldn't catch anything. It was one season that he could catch anything. Yeah. And the 16 touchdowns is great, but the 80 catches OBJ in a healthy year gets that in his sleep. 1,200 yards, OBJ gets that in his sleep. The 16 touchdowns is is definitely really solid. But does not compare Braylon Edwards' career leading up to 07 to Odell's career leading up to 2020. I remember Braylon Edwards being like a guy that, like, if he was double covered, he would make a fantastic catch. But if he you threw him, like, a 45-yard bomb and he was had, you know, two or three yards on the uh, the safety or whatever, he would drop it. It would just hit, hit him, him right in the hands. Yeah, hit him right in the hands and he would drop it. Looking it was, like Corey Coleman out there. Him yeah. and Greg Little. Greg Little, yeah. That's yeah. exactly who I was, I was going to say. He was a deep threat. Uh, Greg Little. <laughs> Greg Little was the, probably the worst I've ever seen. Just, he, I guess I could say, yeah. The, the biggest thing was that 07 team was so much like a flash in the pan type season. Correct, Everything, yes. Derek Anderson got bailed out by a, a Braylon Edwards who could all of a sudden catch. Kellen Winslow took a break from peeping in on 80-year-old women and decided oh, to play one season of football. <laughs> and, and not crash a motorcycle. Yeah, and not crash his motorcycle. Yeah. And, and we got one more really good year out of an old running back. It was so much of – this team is – the 2020 team is primed to make a huge jump in 2021 and that 07 team now you look back in retrospect and you actually look into it i mean they were they were not poised to take that next step yeah and then just real quick let's just shift over to defense i mean so if these two teams are clones who's who's miles garrett's clone we don't we in, two, in 2007 i mean they had sean smith robert smith willie mcginnis was 80 years old yeah andre davis cameron wembley Yep, Wembley. Dequell Jackson was was, was good. Our best player. Yeah, but I mean, I just I don't see, especially on the defensive side now. You know, when you really look at the the starting roster, it's ours. I mean, even in twenty twenty with before the I should say before the injuries. I mean, our D line was pretty good last year. Yeah, uh, and if there's no injuries, Greedy and Delpit are in that secondary. No Where's injuries, the, no yeah. COVID. Think what Miles does. Yeah, and 
And one thing I don't think we're talking about is, I guess he's only done it for one year, but That's Kevin Stefanski yeah. is was, was coach of the year, and he doesn't look like it was a fluke. And was well, Romeo, Romeo Cornell coach of the year? He, no, and he was a defensive <laughs> guy. He was completely yes. focused on defense. Yeah. And he and Romeo Cornell seems like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, like I wish he could be my grandpa, but he is, <laughs> and he's a great defensive coordinator. Yes, yeah. he is a yes. terrible head coach. I remember I would get so mad watching him coach a game because they would literally jump off sides like two or three plays in a row, and he would just they'd show him on the sidelines, and he would just be like. I'll have okay. Talk well, hey, I'll yeah, yeah. When this game, at halftime, we're gonna go in there. And I'm sure he was giving the defense the business, you know. But yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say a little bit of why Dave's seen similarities is just yeah, because yeah. he's been a fan for 55 years. And that was the last team that was any good, and he's been yeah. burnt, just yeah. like we've been burnt. And so he's not. He's trying not to get too high. Dave, we've given up. We're getting high. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave, I think about just when I'm 35 and I've been through some. Like just Cleveland sports, I go, oh my God, some of the moments like just throughout my life. So I can't even imagine being a fan for 55 years. Yeah. I just add 20 years of heartbreak and frustration. And uh, there you go. The other thing too, just with that is if the Indianapolis goes out in 07 and then they just start Peyton Manning, we probably are in the playoffs. And <laughs> who knows? We're talking about 2007 Super Bowl champion Cleveland Browns. I mean, that was the year we didn't make the playoffs at 10 and 6 and the Giants did. They beat yep. the undefeated Patriots. Yeah. And I will say, as much as that was a flash in the pan, you nobody wanted to play the Browns in that postseason. No. We were on fire at the end of the year. That's how much of a flash it was. Yeah. We were literally on a flash fire. fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it turned into a dumpster fire the next year. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks again, Dave. Yep. And I'm sure you'll have some things to say about that, and we're looking forward to hearing it. So the, thanks for checking us out. All right. So we will move on to our next topic, which I had marked. So this comes from... Brett Favor, Brett Favre with one T, so I don't think it's the actual <laughs> Brett. And then TJ110 on YouTube both want to know. Um, they want us to talk about how our team seems like they don't want to practice and get ready for the season when the MLB, NBA, and other sports league are playing full seasons right now, not to mention the entire southern U.S. has been living their lives normally forever now. They also want us to talk about uh, thoughts on the Browns not showing up for OTAs, but pretty much the whole AFC North showed up. So I'm just going to say real quick to address the first point. The Browns not coming to OTAs here recently has nothing to do with COVID. I completely agree. Nothing to do with COVID. So we can just kind of forget about that point right now. This has everything to do with... One player, in my opinion, on the Browns. J.C. Treader. Correct. Yep. So, okay. So for people out there who don't know, uh, the Browns center, J.C. Treader, he is the NFL Players Association president. So he's the lead of the NFLPA. Not a big fan of these voluntary workouts and all this off-season stuff. So, you guys have some thoughts? So, here's my thing. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's my thing. Part of me is like it's voluntary. So, if they want people to be there, then make it mandatory. Right. Two, um, you know, we're bringing back every single starter on offense, basically. Now, the defense would be nice if they were there. But also, they're going to be full training camp, full two-a-days or whatever. There's plenty of time to get ready for the season. But then there's the one side of me, the very small side, where it's like, man, we have a chance to do something really special this year. And you would like to see – I mean, look how excited we are for the season. You'd almost like to see the same excitement out of the players on the team, especially when you see Joe Burrow showing up to OTAs on a knee that he's saying is only at 85%, but he thought it was important for the players to see him at camp or at OTAs. Um, 
I know Lamar was it, the Ravens OTAs. So I don't know. It's, we're, we play in arguably the toughest division in football, and it seems like we have a chance to do something really special, and these other teams also think that, and all their players were there. So I see I see both sides. I'm a little bit like a, it doesn't really matter, but then another part of me is like, yeah, it'd be nice if they were there. All right, so I, I actually made – I really looked into this one because I was like, hey, I really, yeah, how do I, a free time this week. How do I, (laughs) my goodness, how do I actually feel about this? Um, So I think one thing that we forget often as fans is that we're, we're thinking football, football, football all the time. Like, can't wait for the season. Can't wait for the season. We're so excited. But, you know, when we don't see these guys on the field, like these OTAs, we're like, well, they don't care as much as we do. These guys are training. All year long, yeah. like it, they they have a full time commitment to this sport. We just don't see it. That that is true. Just because they're not at OTAs doesn't mean they're sitting at home eating cheese balls. Correct. They're probably at a combine somewhere working out. These guys are all getting ready. These guys have been. I mean, Baker had these guys. What was it down in Texas? He had yeah. a bunch of these guys together working three weeks ago. Yeah, a while yeah. ago. So they're getting ready for the season. I I don't think for a second it has anything to do with that. And one thing that I was reading that I was like, okay, that's a very good point. Is you know, anytime these guys step on the field, whether it's a, a voluntary OTA or, you know, a preseason game, it's an opportunity to get injured. Yeah. So what can these guys do on a practice field in May that's going to directly affect something in November? You know what I mean? But if they go onto a practice field in May and get injured, that can affect something in November. Yeah. You know what I mean? Training camp starts at the end of July. It's it's a very intense, you know, routine they go through to get ready for the season. These guys, they're going to be ready. These guys got ready over Zoom last year. That's and that's yeah. the thing too. Like you know, offensively, like I said, it's going to be the same offense. Basically, mm-hmm. there might be some new wrinkles and stuff like that, but everybody's got the playbook. You know, they're studying the playbook. They're meeting over Zoom still, probably. Um, I do wish JC Treader would kind of like not poop where he eats. If that makes <laughs> sense, you know, like. I, you know, I hate, I kind of don't like having the union president on my team because I'm like, I'm very much more, I guess you could say I'm less pro player. I'm more <laughs> like, I wish I just wanted to go out and play. I don't really care about what they got going on. I guess that makes me a, a bad person, but <laughs> yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, but I, do I think it affects the upcoming football season? No, I think that we'll be ready to play. Yep. I, I definitely do. I mean, so. I, I think I have this right. So phase one of the, and this is still off season. This isn't, this isn't preseason. Yeah. This is off season. So phase one was rookie mini camp. Phase two, these voluntary, voluntary workouts, well, voluntary rookie mini, mini camp. Yep. Voluntary OTAs. And then phase three or my notes, there are, I think this starts next week. There's going to be 10 voluntary practices over the next three weeks. Okay. And that leads up to the first mandatory mini camp. June 15th. So I think that's the 15th, 16th, 17th. And then I think there's like a week off and then they come back for actual. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Is there a month off? Then they come back at the end of July for the mandatory training camp. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing I saw too, was that in that phase one, the rookies were urged by the NFLPA not to go to voluntary rookie mini camps. All the Browns rookies, Came anyway. Yeah. Well, they're they can't afford. Yeah, that's I mean, right. They're fighting for roster spots. Mm-hmm. Especially think, on this team. Yeah, if correct. you're a rookie and you didn't show, I know it's voluntary, but good luck making the team if you don't show up for everything. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think it's interesting too. I guess my only thing is you, and you see it here and there with like, you know, people, Browns put stuff up, but as long as guys are in the building and they're working out and I just don't want it to be a situation where it was with COVID last year, where everybody shows up and we start working out super, you know, we go straight into training camp and you know, Del Pitt tears an Achilles and you know, this guy tears an ACL and this, that, and the other, as long as, you know, that's my biggest thing with, I guess it kind of counterpoints your, your thing where you don't want them to get injured, but also as long as we're just not jumping straight into it. And I felt like last year was such a weird year where nobody was, you know, we literally just walked into camp and all across, you know, the NFL, there was all these freak injuries and by week four, you know, half the 49ers were out. And so that's my only thing. Maybe somebody listening to, cause this is something that I didn't spend a lot of time looking up. I didn't really find a lot on it was, if a guy goes out there in a voluntary uh, OTA and tears their Achilles, how what's in their contract? Like, oh, Gary, are they, are they, they good? Get they're covered, bro. They get paid because yeah. it was at the. It just happened with the the Broncos. Player. Yes, yeah, he, yeah, because he, he was got, not he was at the facility. Was not at, yeah. He was not at the facility, so they they let him go and they're not paying him. Yeah, yep. to me that's shady AF. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because if yeah. that dude, if that dude were to show up to camp overweight. You bet your sweet ass they'd be finding him and running yeah, yeah. him now, and all kinds of stuff. If he had done, if he had hurt himself snowboarding or doing something like that, okay. But or he working was, on his drone right before the yeah. World Series game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, he was working. He was doing like football. Yeah, he was type training. Work. Yeah, yeah. If that dude shows up twenty pounds, I mean, so now what? What do players have? They're gonna quit working out. Everybody's gonna be showing up to training camp. I saw some of that too. Overweight. Yep. When I was, yeah. To me, that was real shady. Real yeah, shady so, of the Brown or the Broncos. They, the players, the the organizations, they've got stuff they got to work on. They just they do. Um, I, just, I hope they can come to an agreement, understanding, and, and get this sorted out because we don't need to be dealing with this. You and know, I, voluntary, mandatory. Who cares? Who doesn't? BS every year. And I will say this: that, you know, as much as like sometimes I don't really care about the gripe of the players because they're millionaires and they get played to play football. At the same time, these football players are looking around to these other leagues with these no-cap, fully guaranteed contracts, and they get hurt preparing for their season, but because it wasn't at the facility, now he's given up $10 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's that's super sketch. Yeah, I, yeah, that <laughs> one was a little like, okay. I mean, that to me, like if, if that happened to a Browns player and the Browns didn't do that, I'd be like really ticked at the Browns. Oh, yeah. It sends a bad message. Yeah. You know, it sends a terrible message. Well, then, it, yeah, like you said, for everybody else in the NFL, you know, you're looking around. Why, yeah, crazy. why work out? Yeah. All right, so we'll move on here. Uh, thanks again, Brett with 1T and TJ110 for that. So Troy from YouTube wants to know, uh, he wants us to basically talk about week one and the preparation for that matchup. Who do we play week one again? Kansas City. I don't know, but apparently we're not going to win. <laughs> yeah. According to everybody. I don't. So I don't even think that it's that crazy. I think that's going to be like a crazy good game. It's going to be a shootout. Um, I don't think that it's a complete lock that we lose that game. I just think that as far as like, even if you look at Vegas, Vegas is going to give it to Kansas City. They're at home. They just played in a Super Bowl. It's a great, great test for Cleveland right off the bat to say, hey, how do you stack up with a team that you, if you really, really are familiar and you want to be in the Super Bowl, you're probably going to have to beat this team to get in. Here's my thing is when we do our, our schedule breakdowns, I'll probably pick the Chiefs to win, but oh, yeah. I'm not completely sh- I'm not going to be shocked if we go out and win. Yeah. I think we, talent-wise, roster-wise, we stack up with them just as good as anybody in the NFL. We finally have one of those NFL teams like we've always longed for where it's like they could go out any week and win a game and we're not shocked about it. 
And we used to hope for those. We'd be like, oh man. Actually, now there's games on the on the schedule where we're like, man, if we lose that, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Yep. That, that's weird for us. I think, fans. I think their defense in the offseason got a little bit worse. And I think ours got significantly better. Now, is any is it is any defense good enough to shut down Mahomes? I think we saw if you can beat their tackles and force Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. I mean, he still did some things in that Super Bowl that I thought I mean, I was incredible. Like, their offensive line though got way better. Yeah. Yep, they improved it. They I mean, they did what the Browns did yep. last year. It, well, their offensive line even, sucks. Go f- fix th- it. Their line didn't even suck really. It's just they had both their starting Injuries. tackles out yep. in that Super Bowl. Okay, well, the offensive line that was on the field. Yes. Yeah, it was not good. So they uh, they upgraded. But, you know, we upgraded our D-line. Dude, I and upgraded I, a lot of things on the defensive yeah. line. I I honestly think that in terms of preparation for this matchup, the advantage kind of leans to Cleveland because we get I mean that's that's week 1. We have nobody else we got to worry about ahead of them. It's every all the preparation all in goes toward Kansas City. And Knock our, on wood should be 100% healthy, 100% fresh. And and if we are 100% healthy, I'll tell you what, the defense that they've put together this offseason, I don't know, man. I mean, and it depends on how quickly JOK comes along. But if you got him out on the field, like playing competently in game one, you got him prepped and ready to go with John Johnson, who's a, you know, he's, he knows what he's doing. Troy Hill knows what he's doing. Clowney knows what he's doing. I mean, did you see Clowney's workout? Dude, (laughs) the the he-man workout. Jeez. Yeah. I did see something today too. Um, Beckham's probably going to play week one. Cool. They're saying, they're saying, they're saying he's probably going to be out there week one. Which is I just hope we're not rushing him back. He, I want him. I want him to be a hundred percent. I don't want him to be like, yeah, he's back, but he's playing at ninety percent. Yeah, I'll just wait. No. Wait a couple of weeks and let's let's get you at a hundred. First thing that came to my head was Jalen Waddle trying to play in was the, it the playoff game or the yeah, championship yeah. game, and it was like, dude, shouldn't have been on the field. Yeah, yep. shouldn't have been on the field, or just use him as a decoy straight up. Don't I mean you tell Mac Jones, don't even look at him. <laughs> they just kept throwing it to him. Yeah, and you know he was torching Ohio State, but. um I think as far as preparation goes, obviously you want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. So we got to be able to run the ball better than we did in the playoff game. Yep. And we got to send Mac Wilson out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got a like, job to do <laughs> as long as they're healthy. I mean, Chubb and hunt, like you said, week one, fresh legs, ready to roll. I mean, that's Let's something go. that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot too, is, you know, they had both their starting tackles out in the Super Bowl, and everybody kind of gave them a pass. When we played the chiefs one, three fourths of our defense wasn't out there. And then two, we also had backup, offensive lineman in mm-hmm. yeah so we weren't able to run the ball with the dominance that we expected to be able to run the ball against them and also they didn't call for any of the penalties that they no. got called for <laughs> you know two three weeks later in yeah the we Bowl. lost a touchdown because of a stupid no call on a helmet i mean that was if that's reversed that gets called a hundred times out of a hundred against the browns yeah every I grew up. That's my life. Yeah. <laughs> my whole life, that play has been happening at some point or another to one of the Cleveland teams, and it gets called. Dude, we could hit the guy in the shoulder pad, and they would have called helmet to helmet. Yeah. And it would have been a controversial call by the people who have been like, well, that's the way it goes. You shouldn't yep. let the refs take over the game. Yep. yep. But so, it's a game of inches. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I think, you know, run the ball, come out, run the ball. And I'm, I'm really excited to see this revamp defense. Um, would it be is it good to play in week one because we can prepare for them maybe or would it have been better to play for them play them week five when this defense has had time to gel? I love it. No, nah, I want I want I, to, I want week one. Like when I saw this first come out, I remember and I know I said this right away. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yep, the best test that we're going to get this year, right away. And I think people like I know there's a lot of hype going into Cleveland, you know, going into their season this year, but 
it wouldn't shock me if they came out and played spoilers. They're gonna they're they're gonna be very ready to go. Now Kansas City will too. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a great game. I think for sure. uh, I think Patrick Mahomes has never lost in September, and he's never thrown up. Wow. Hey, there's a first time for everything, man. The Browns <laughs> yeah. haven't won a game in forever. And yeah. Andy Reid is like almost he's like basically undefeated in his career off a of bye. This is basically like a eight month bye. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But week one is a benchmark right away, which I love. Like the Browns players. Rookies, new guys, even you know the vets that have been there, like they get to say, "Okay, we already have our benchmark game for the year, right out the gate." Like we we kind of know the level of play that either we we're at or where we need to get to. Yep, them and then that away at Baltimore. I think those are two huge yeah. games. Huge. Those are the two that stick out to me. Just when you look at the schedule and just go, "Well, if you want to, if you want to be there at the end, these are, gonna, these, yep. are, these are the guys that you have to beat." All right, so we got two more to get to. Uh, one, I just kind of want to address quickly. Snap Malloy sent us a comment. He wants us to talk about how keeping Mayfield, Chubb, and Teller and the future cap ramifications. He wants to know who goes, who stays. That's going to be basically a, a full episode on its own. So we don't want to squeeze that in and not do it justice. So Snap, we didn't forget about you. We are going to address that in a future episode. Um but we just didn't want to. We didn't want to try to do it in two to three minutes, and because, and I want Zach to be here for that. Yeah, because I think we're probably going to argue, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite a bit on this one. So hang tight. Uh, we'll we'll do that in you know a few weeks whenever we can get Zach here or his replacement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this dog doesn't say a whole lot. Over no, here. he's very quiet. He's terrible. <laughs> he looks better than he's shy. Zach, but <laughs> he does look better. But um, all right. So that lastly, that brings us to Jeremy from YouTube. You know, this one actually kind of made me laugh. He asked, why would Browns fans want to trade for a 32-year-old wide receiver who missed, who missed half the season last year with a hamstring injury and pay him $15 million when we have a 29-year-old receiver who missed half the, of last year with a knee injury and we were paying him $15 million? <laughs> He's talking about uh, Julio Jones from the Falcons. This uh, did make me chuckle. That being said, I don't know. Would you trade for Julio? It depends. What, what, it depends on what are you giving up? Am I? I saw they have a first round. I'm not giving They're, up. A first that rounder. is smoke, bro. They do not have a first rounder <laughs> I, for him. Yeah, I'm they not are, giving up. They're saying they have a first rounder for now, him. Now, if somebody's, if it's like a third rounder or you, or a second rounder, or I, like a, a third rounder in, in Joku, I I don't even. The thing with Njoku is they're saying like he's. He's a hundred, like everything's good. Like they're going into camp. Like he's happy. That's the last three years. Yeah. The dude still doesn't catch the Falcon. Well. Yeah. I think in joke, but he did, he did play better last year, but he only had like, like 19 catches. I don't think that's a, that's a realistic one to throw out there. Cause they just drafted Kyle Pitts fourth overall. Fourth. Uh, fourth? Yeah. yeah. And they've got Hayden Hurst. I don't think a tight end would be what they're looking for, but I see what you're saying. Like a, I'm thinking like a middle, a middle draft pick and then a, a guy, a, a, a guy. Yeah. What do you think? Well, so are we talking? What are we talking about? Are we talking about? <laughs> are we talking about OBJ and Julio? Or okay, let's talk- do it. Let's do it that way. Okay. Would you trade OBJ straight up right now for Julio Jones? So I'm going to go ahead and before we even say if we would do that or not, the Browns kind of leaked to Mary Kay Habit that they're not interested. They basically said in that trade straight up for those two. If it's Beckham for Julio, we're good. We they said we like what we have in Beckham. We're excited for the year. He's going to come back. We're excited to see what he does. For me, it's tough for me to say t- this because I'm a big OBJ guy, <laughs> but I would I would make that move. I don't think I would make that move, but I get I completely get what you're saying. Like for for me, 
We should have had Julio. We should still have Julio. We should have just, we should have just drafted the guy. And then we don't even, I, every time we do this and we're like, yeah, man, we really could have had, man, how, what would we have to give up to get Patrick Mahomes? We could have just had him, you know, like if we, we jump in our DeLorean yeah. and go back in time. So like for me, don't wrong. Julio Jones stud. The guy is awesome. He's great. Um, I just, I'd like to see what happens. I'm, I'm at the point now with, uh, you know, with Beckham where I just want to see what happens. You have a lot of potential. If you get that guy that you had in New York where he just, nobody can cover him. And even if he's double covered, he still just shreds defenses. Here's my thing. They're, they're very, they're two very different players. Yeah. And I think what the kind of player that Julio is, is the kind of receiver that would do the Browns a lot of good, a big bodied guy that can just run down the field and you can throw it up to him and he's going to out muscle out jump everybody and make that catch in traffic. Also, he missed half the games last year and he, he seems to always be kind of banged up, but until last year, the dude always played. Yeah. He never really missed a ton of time. No, he just, uh, he's got a broken ankle, but he'll play. <laughs> you know? So in Odell seems to, he's kind of fallen into the, it's always the big injury. Now, you know, the ankle, the knee, I mean, so, I don't know. I, w- I, would, I would consider making that trade. I think Julio is the deep threat, and then you got Higgins and Landry and Hooper and Njoku underneath, and you got Schwartz with speed. I don't know. That's the kind of receiver that the Browns have lacked basically since JoJo are vicious. If it, was, if it was Julio straight up for Beckham, I wouldn't consider the trade. I would just do it. <laughs> I would just do it. Straight up, huh? Straight up. Straight up, because I – I hate saying this, you know, this far ahead of the, the training camp and everything, but I don't know. I don't know if Beckham's going to be the same receiver he was in New York. I don't know if, I don't know. I think that time has passed, personally. Why? I don't, I, no way. I, I don't think the time is, no. I absolutely I just, Even the games there. he played last he year, was he excellent. still yeah. cannot be covered one-on-one. Yeah. And he catches the You watch the that double. Dallas game and think he's not explosive? I didn't say he's not explosive. I just don't, first of all, I just don't think he can. It's not sustainable. My th- my only thing with him is I and it's and I'd like to see. That's why I want to see. But so far, like it just hasn't worked in Cleveland. It just like I don't and I don't know if it's if it because we always say is it a Baker thing? You know what's going on? It's I been just, in my opinion, it's been a situation thing. He, yeah. came, he came into Cleveland with Freddie, same way Baker had a crap season with Freddie, and then he had to try to learn a new offense over Zoom. And before the team and Baker and the coach could all hit their stride, he got hurt. He has yet to play on this Browns team like that's been functional and not in disarray. I want to be so wrong about this. I really do, guys. Well, you couldn't have been more wrong about the Browns last year, so. You're, you're well, right. I was. Record. Again, and I said then, too. I want to be we wrong. We can't keep doing that to this man. No, I, I just, I saw that guy make catches. The one that stands out to me, too, is that uh, Indianapolis game where he made that free catch and they challenged it, you know, and I, I still think he has it. And I could be wrong. I absolutely could be wrong, but. Everything I've seen going into this year is he looks great. He looks really, really explosive. He's not even 100% yet. I'm all in. Like, for me, I'm all in. This, I mean, but this is kind of like that prove that you still have it year because after oh, this, at, after this will be 30. You know what I mean? Like, if he gets hurt again this year and misses 10 games. That's, I, I, mean, I think it, unless he has a absolute, and the thing that's crazy is in this system, and maybe it's just how we started it last year. I know we went more pass heavy the second half, but this isn't like a 
pass friendly offense. You know what I mean? Like I think that he has to have a monster, monster year just for the Browns to even stay on the team because he makes a lot of money. I just I don't know. For me, it's it's hard to believe that if it comes down to him or Jarvis, we we get rid of Jarvis and keep him. And we might end up getting rid of both no, of the guys. I mean, seriously. Jarvis is always available. Now, here's the thing, though, too. What if what if Odell plays all 17 games and puts up 1,300 yards and That's what I'm eight saying. touchdowns this year? Who do you keep? I know. I know. Well, what Jarvis if, but what did, does Jarvis do this year? Well, Jarvis had a – his year last year wasn't that great. 900. Yeah. I, you you got to keep – you got to keep Beckham. Hey, you know they what? they make the same amount of money. It is a good – it's a good problem to have. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean – so here's my thing is, so you said to make the trade because you think Beckham's done, which I think is erroneous on all accounts. <laughs> I don't think he's done. And yeah. I said I would make the trade because I think fit-wise Julio provides something that Odell just doesn't provide right now. So who who's more right? Or do we or do we not or, even, or do or we do not we even consider? Keep, we, just, we just keep yeah, him? just keep him. Just keep him, guys. <laughs> and, and, and again, I am definitely on pro keeping Odell all the time. I've been a staunch supporter of Odell. That being said, Julio is very good, and I just like the big body can go up, get yeah. it no matter where it is. I do too. Kind of receiver, and and I've kind of always been the you know he him ho Odell yeah guy. So it's it's, it's I a guess problem. we're staying true to her. Yeah. To our it's a problem here. where it's like, hey, would you like chocolate cake or would you like this other chocolate cake? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're going to eat the chocolate cake. Just take it. It's delicious. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get either way. I just, I'm just, i excited to see what happens. Please comment and tell Josh how wrong he is about Odell. <laughs> I don't think Odell's done. I, no. I, I think he, I mean, the guy's 29. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot left. A lot. I would say he's got a little. As long as he's healthy, he's got four to five good years in him. I can make the argument. I think Julio's closer to being done than Odell. Odell. He's he's older. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We'll just have. I mean, the thing is, we'll see how this year plays out. You just said you didn't like Odell because he's getting close to thirty, and Julio's thirty-two. But Odell's getting close to thirty, and he has how many years in a row now of these just season missing injuries? He played in his defense with. uh, Freddie, he was out there. Yeah, he was out there. He wasn't healthy though; it was the hamstring thing. But he, he played still put up those over games. A thousand. Yep. And then before that, I think he was very, very healthy, except for that one year where Cleveland played them in the preseason, and that that dude hit him in the ankle, and it messed. And I'm pretty sure it broke his ankle. He started, yeah, but Odell started his career injured. He didn't four play games. the first four games. Yeah, and yeah. I picked him up in fantasy, and all he did I know was I did too back then. And, was, and he won me a fantasy championship. Me too, yeah, actually. brother. Same yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So. And I, I remember watching him being like, I'm pretty sure they got him at 12, you know? So mm-hmm. if you if you told me this year, hey, Beckham's going to miss four games, but he's going to come out and he's going to give you 12 touchdowns and, yeah. you know. 1,300 yards. I would be like, I don't even care. Hell, you know, we played three garbage opponents at the beginning of the year. So other than Kansas City, it'll be fine. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just what sucks for me is I, he, was, he was on track to be like one of the best receivers ever when he started out his career in New York and I don't know, I guess I've just been disappointed. I think it's just a, and I get that, but I think it's just a typical crazy Cleveland to me is that you've been it. disappointed in Odell, but you're talking that Baker's going to be MVP. Yeah. They have I very think, similar careers in Cleveland. Oh no. Come on now. Oh, here we they go. They both had a good year and, yep. a, and a, and a bad year. 
Uh, Baker's had two good years. Last year was phenomenal. He the way he came on that second half of the year. <laughs> okay, so in I mean, in Odell went for over a thousand, and then last year he got hurt. Correct. So it's I don't. That's they're very similar. And and I, I would I would make the argument that Baker's second year was way worse than anything Odell's done for the Browns. I think they sucked equally. Look, Baker I, I, Odell having a terrible year doesn't. Odell can be awful and not even play, and the Browns can win 12 games. Baker was awful, and we only won six games. He does a lot, too, that people don't even notice. Watch, like, watch Kareem Hunt catch a touchdown, and yeah. then look at like right over next to him, and there's three people looking at Odell. Look, if Odell has a phenomenal season this year and, and everything, I walk, I'll walk this back in a heartbeat. So, but until that happens, listen, I'm not just going to flippy-flop my... Except for those two years where he got hurt, which is last year, and then the year with New York where he got he broke his ankle. He literally went thirteen hundred, fourteen fifty, thirteen hundred, a thousand, a thousand. The guy's got fifty one touchdowns for his career. He's a stud. Yeah, it, we're gonna be all right. Let's we're, let him play gonna, in an offense with a confident, competent Baker and a good coach. I and I hope he does. And I could I be hope wrong. He can I'll tell That's you what, another if thing. We are wrong, man. Well, no, because national media will will hear about it every day. And he's yet to play with a good Baker on the Browns. He is yet to play with a, a good Baker because first half of the year last year Baker yeah. wasn't awful, but we were uh, we still didn't know if he was the guy. I mean, we were you literally were shopping him for anybody last year. Garden Minshew, yeah, and then you got married and just things turned around and was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wanted Minshew for him. I didn't think Minshew's going to be on. I mean, he's what second, third quarterback on Jacksonville now. Second. I don't know. Tebow's probably second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. I got to go watch my sister graduate. Oh, anyway. how sweet. Uh, I'm a good big brother. What can I say? Uh, thanks for checking out another episode of The Dogs. Thank you uh, to everybody who commented and left us feedback to talk about. It was a super fun episode. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Continue to comment. We'll continue to comment back to you guys. We'll continue to work you guys into the show. Um, remember, leave us a voicemail at thedogspodcast.com. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail about what you want us to talk about, or you can just leave us an intro for the show. Uh, remember to go and vote for what games you think the Browns are going to win at the dogspodcast.com slash schedule. Uh, like I said, we'll run that poll until close to the start of the season. Uh, we hope you all have a great Memorial day weekend. We want to thank all the brave men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice for all the veterans and military personnel listening. We can't thank you enough for your service. Uh, have a good safe weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the dogs podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at the dogs podcast and become an official dog pack member and join the dogs.com. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.